Here we go with Sports Insider Radio coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. Always geared up for a big weekend upcoming in college and NFL football. We've got hockey underway. The NBA is off and running. College basketball is right around the corner. Uh, It's endless. Tons of sports on the docket. Always talking about a wagering perspective. Coming to you from Las Vegas. And we're going to have some fun today. SportsInsiderRadio.com. 1-800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. I'm Brian Blessing. And we've got our good friends, John and Mike, johnsyndicate.com. Always ready to rock and roll, heading into a busy weekend. Fellas, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Outstanding. It's going to be a wonderful uh, weekend of uh, football. We know it's going to be wild again. Uh, we're starting to see yeah, injuries like Aaron Rodgers and what kind of impact that's going to have. Um, you know, how much does that move the Minnesota Vikings forward? You know, one player, how his impact is on not only his team but other teams. Always massaging, adjusting the power rankings, trying to stay ahead of the number. John, that's always the key. Well, listen, I don't own any animals. Do you own any animals, Brian? Uh, well, own. Is a I don't know I would say own I I do you have I, any animals I feed an animal I don't know that I okay. necessarily own it so I mean he can walk been, out the door kids, and never come back. <laughs> well, here's the thing: my kids have been asking me for a dog. They want me to get a dog, a Ooh. dog, a dog, and I said, Ooh. and I said I don't need to get a dog because I have so many dogs right now. For instance, sixty percent of all games in the NFL that are covering the spread, they're dogs. 60% of all games, listen to this stat, you're a hockey guy in the NHL, 61-30 and 30 in the first 91 games in the season if you're playing plus one and a half with the dogs. And if you're playing college football, you're 14-14 and 104-2 at 59%. I got dogs, dogs, dogs. I don't need to buy a dog because if you're betting favorites, not only are you not winning, you can't win in any of the sports that I just mentioned so far this season. Mike, uh, my takeaway for that is John's kids aren't getting any pets anytime soon. But I got a big dog this no, week. No, they're, and we they're can definitely not. I mean, he's, he brings them in here. I mean, literally, they're in here seven days a week um, because we're, we're here trading. I mean, this takes a lot of effort and amount of time that we put into it because everybody wants to – once the games start and they want to kick back and watch the games, we're monitoring every single game. On Sunday in particular, we had three halftimes at 1 o'clock that literally all went to halftime at the same time, and we cashed in on the Dolphins, we cashed in on the Ravens, and we cashed in the Giants. The Giants. And another thing, uh, Brian, just so you know, we're doing this show. We, we can date it. We're going to be on other states uh, later this evening. It's Wednesday, October 18th. Yesterday was the opening night of a doubleheader on TNT. And guess what? You won't believe it. Both dogs covered <laughs> the spread. And my clients were told, and this is what we have talked about, you and I, um, I don't play def- defeating dogs. What that means is I am not a proponent of I'm going to grab the nine with Houston because I think they're going to lose by less than nine. If I really thought that, I should never make that wager. So if you're out there and you're driving around in any of the other states or in Nevada, you're listening, you don't bet dogs because you think they're going to cover and it's too many points. I instructed all clients yesterday to play Houston, and then I said play a small piece on the plus 335 on the money line because it's going to be a competitive matchup. And don't be surprised. Now, yes, did I get lucky with the 122 to 121? Sure. But at halftime, I went and got more on Houston. And another stat I'll tell you is that what I find in the NBA, for all you guys that enjoy NBA, is if a team is covering the original point spread at halftime, you better go the other way. They're playing to win. They're not playing to win by 50. And this is what you see over and over again with these teams. So they were up 11 or 10 at the half. The line was 9. You feel real good if you're laying the wood on this game. And then they lose the game outright. So the guy that grabbed it at halftime and the guy that had that money line play um, was great. One of the things, Brian, if you're outside of the state of Nevada, you can't get the big money lines a lot of these places on the big dogs like we had in Vegas. Miami plus 750 on the money line. We had Giants plus six uh, plus 800 on the money line. A lot of places don't offer it, but in the second half they do. 
So, for instance, um, the Miami game was plus 750 on the money line before the game, and it was plus 250 at halftime, and everybody had that. So, you know, again, if you, if you love favorites and you're trying to play games based upon the perception, just remember the lines are a great equalizer, and just it, it goes back to what I've been saying to you now, Brian, for over five years. Absolutely. You say it to me all the time. You're not going to get a pet. <laughs> I'm not getting a pet. I got my dogs, baby. I'm not going to get a pet. Hey, Kenny White's in studio. Uh, OddsXFactor.com. Kenny, the one thing, uh, injuries are such a big part of sports. And from a, the perspective of what's a number that will be put on the board, what's, what becomes a market number, how power rankings change, how one one player not only impacts the guys around him and their performance in a game, how it maybe impacts teams in their division. Aaron Rodgers sticks out like a sore thumb. We get the NBA off and running, and Hayward gets hurt the first night uh, for the Boston Celtics. I mean, you're basically sitting there going, all right, let's try to get a read on what this Boston Celtics team's going to be, and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, where do you go from there? But that's that's part of... As, as they're doing adjusting, you have to do the adjusting in terms of trying to figure out who they really are. Well, as a sports, you think there's a cast on that leg today? As a sports better, that's uh, you're looking for change, and you want as many possible changes as you can. The more changes, the better for the sports better. The way, and when everything stays the same, we know week one, the game's played. The odds makers make an adjustment. Week two, they make an adjustment. Week three, they make an adjustment. If nothing changes and everything just keeps staying the same, no players change, no coaches change, nothing, you'd never be able to beat it. But when things start to change and you have injuries, you have coaching changes, um, no matter what that change is, it could be a rule change which, which helps out. That's what helps you win in sports. And the difference would be from your perspective when you're doing a power rating on this, there's emotion involved in sports people get invested in that we talk about public teams the question then becomes you know what is that number actually worth but you have to base it on what is the perception that is out there that what the market will end up doing and that's where you can find edges there's no doubt about it and you know i'm I'm so excited right now i came up with something i've been working on for two weeks and I've been adjusting, and, and I've been thinking about some of the the, mat, the quant guys and what they're doing and what they're looking at and what they're thinking. And we talked about this a little bit last week that Andy Isco always said in college football what he does is he don't he doesn't add in the stats from the FCS games. Well, I've, I've never myself either. And, and now I started to think, you know what, I've got power ratings on all these offenses and defenses. Why don't I start to make adjustments on the yardage and the play-by-play, take out the quarterback kneel downs, take out the the – the quarterback spiking the football and um, plays that don't mean anything. And then also fourth quarter, anytime there's a lead 21 or bigger, I'm taking all those plays out. And I've done all, working on that last night, I was finally able to put it together and do projections of how many plays these teams are going to have this week, how many yards per play they're going to get to who they're playing. And then I made a total. I haven't made sides yet. I'm still working on that, but I made the totals. Anytime I was five points off, and there was 17 games that were five points off the total. 16 of the 17 moved my way. No, in a big way. And if you too. want those games, guys, if you're listening, you can get them by calling 1 800 209 1679. You said you had five games that were off by five points? No, I had 17 games that were off by five points on the totals from, this, from the new adjusted yardage number that I've come up with for each team. Up, uh, you know, everybody uses yards per play. Well, I've broken right. down the yards for playing college football now for every play each team has done against the opponent that they've played. So let's say if you gain five yards against Alabama, that's like gaining eight yards on that play against anybody else of the average team. You gain five yards against San Jose, that's like gaining two and a half yards against the average team. So I've broken down all the plays from every team, the yards they've made, and adjusted it to the strength of the schedule and the team they were playing, and now I've got such a strong number on how many yards per play every team averages against an average team, and then who they're now. I, now I adjust it to the team they're playing today. So I had 17 differences in the totals of five points or bigger, and 16 of those 17 all moved my way. At least two points. Some move more than that. Well, let me ask you this question, because we're playing all sports now, and I I saw you yesterday, you did a video on your site at oddsxfactor.com, you were wearing that lovely 
Cubs jersey. But I go back to public perception. I know you have a play on the total on tonight's game. We're not going to mention it on the air. But here's my question to you. You know, I look at Arietta and I see that, that he's such a cheap price. They're 0-3, and then everybody's going to say he's got to win. To me, the contrarian play is to take the Dodgers for the sweep, and what I wind up seeing in NBA and I see in baseballs and, and hockey is that people, especially on the money line sports, and you're not handicapping the spread with uh, baseball or hockey, it's just whoever wins the game outright unless you add that run line. You know, isn't that a trap? Both of you, Brian, Kenny, I mean, it looks too easy to lay 106. It might be the cheapest price that uh, the Cubs have had all year. Well, the other is a, the other thing you're looking at is emotion, where you know you basically, huh, you know, you look at the sweep opportunity and the Dodgers. To me, Kenny, they they almost look like what they were earlier in the year, where they were just stepping on people's necks and they went on that incredible run. They they, they really flattened out because no one could sustain that. But now that it matters, it almost seems is this fair that they're reverting back to that incredible team that they were earlier in the season? I don't think they're that good. Um, they're a really good team, but I don't think they're... That, the team that we're talking about in the middle of July and August was was playing such great baseball. Now, without Corey Seager, the shortstop, um, they, they have just... I think things have gone right for them this series so far. It's set up right. The pitching is right. The Kershaw and Darvish, the way Darvish is pitching right now, they that's a strong, really strong one-two punch. And the pitching set up much better for the Dodgers in this series than it did the Cubs because the Cubs came off a, a grueling series against Washington um, that was a four-and-a-half-hour four game, the f- game five, and then had to fly to L.A. had one day off to play a baseball game. I think they were dead tired going in this series. It's just continued over. So will they play with that emotion tonight? Will they have enough in the tank to at least not get swept and then continue the series on? But I've got information on the game that I can't really give out because it's just going to tip who I like in this game, and I've got a, a large play that I think is going to be easy tonight. All right, so you got baseball. And I already have that play before you went on the air, so thank you, Kenny. Yep, you're welcome. So you got baseball, and you got hockey, and basketball. And- well, and, and Brian, let's talk about hockey for a second. What is, you know, the team wasn't forecasted. I had a friend of mine, he said they're not going to be very good. What if they lost one game, Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, they're playing great. So we back to your scenario about emotion. Do you think just being a new team in a new town and with a – I think that they're going to have uh, – I think, you know, this is one of the things somebody said to me off air is that, you know, ratings are down for the NFL. I said fans don't go to – fans go to games. Better stay home and watch them on TV. But there you have a dynamic betters actually going to games. So – I mean, I would say attendance-wise, it's new. I don't want to use the word novelty, but it all plays into their favor because everybody, I have friends that are tweeting every time they make a goal, posting on Instagram that live in Vegas. And, you know, I don't see anybody doing that in Washington, D.C. when the Capitals play. Now, the bottom line is it's a brand-new team, and uh, the the community's rallied around them, and they're playing. And, frankly, I think they're a lot better than people thought they would be as an expansion team. And uh, it's got to get to the point, though, uh, as good as it looks right now for the Golden Knights. And uh, if you look at the way the schedule has fallen for them, you have to take into account who they've played. They played Arizona, who's been the worst team in hockey. Uh, They gave a game away against Detroit, their only loss. Uh, But the schedule has been very, very favorable to them. They had a 4-1 lead last night and let it get away. But to their credit, bounced back and won the game in overtime. The thing is, and I, Kenny, I, I think you would say this as well. When you know you're doing a rating and trying to evaluate what this team is, I think you have to take into account who they've been playing, how favorable has the schedule been, and coming up pretty soon, they've had a seven-game homestand to start the season. It's almost unheard of, and they're getting Boston came in here, played a, a Saturday night game, then had to play a four in the afternoon game. I don't know how the NHL got away sticking it to Boston like that. You give the Golden Knights credit for taking opportunity and beating who's in front of you. But coming up, they've got a six-game Eastern road swing, and that's going to be the deep end of the pool, and then you're going to know what you're dealing with here. Plus, they lost their goaltender. They lost their goaltender. That's that's the big We don't know Subban's young. Uh, we really don't know what he's how he is going to play um, in a day in and day out as the starting goalie right now. I had a 45% drop-off from Florida to Subban, so that – that really hurt. And right now, actually, they've moved up in my ratings. I actually have them rated 28th in the NHL, tied with New Jersey. The only two teams worse, Arizona and Vancouver. Oh, by the way, uh, Jersey's a lot better. 
New Jersey? There's one. These are one of the things and kind of the stuff that you want to sit down and break down. Forever and a day when you watch the New Jersey Devils, and I'm talking the better part of 20 years, this was a mundane, uh, vanilla, the pack it in, play defensive hockey off the glass and out. In the early stages of this season, and we've been talking about it around here, the New Jersey Devils have been a money-making opportunity because they're not your granddad's New Jersey Devils. They're winning games 5-4 now. They've got Taylor Hall, Adam Henrique. Uh, they got the first pick of the draft, Hishire. They got Will Butcher, who was the top college free agent that came out. The kid has 10 assists in the first six games. The New Jersey Devils, who forever and a day were a dead-under team, are now a dead-over team. So this is how you try to get ahead of the curve. That's how you get ahead of the curve. That's nice to know. I'm going to update the information. I, I've I've upgraded their team 23 cents so far from the beginning of the year till now. The biggest one may be Colorado. I've updated them 46 cents. They're playing good hockey. Well, in, in it's like anything, uh, John. And, and Mike, I'd, I'd even throw this at you. I mean, like last year, uh, Colorado was an unmitigated disaster and you sat there and you looked at their team and you're going the kind of talent that they've got on that team and they only had 20 wins and 49 points or 48 points uh and everybody's like oh colorado's awful and i'm like wait a minute they're gonna have to make a trade at at some point this matt duchene deal they're gonna have to move forward from him but the thing is you know, one year to the next, there were mitigating factors that turned that into a runaway freight train last year. Are they going to set the world on fire? No, but they're nowhere near as horrible as they were last year, and they've proven that coming out of the gate with a winning record in the early stages of the season. So you have to be willing to adjust. And sometimes, because I'm a horse racing guy, sometimes you just say it's not your day. Uh, or the horse bobbled at the break, and you just you, sometimes you got to draw a line through it. You got to be willing to forgive to find opportunities down the road. We always warn: don't go with what you last saw. Well, and and then let's also talk. I agree, but let's also talk about beating the number. You know, if you're listening to this radio show, you can get a lot of sports talk everywhere and all the major networks, but not from a sports gambling perspective. Here, I got Kenny White in studio. I got Brian in studio. Two professional betters been doing this forever. What about these key numbers, Kenny? For instance, uh, our listeners that, are, that follow Colorado State, there happens to be a rare Friday night game. There happens to be a lot of football this Friday, four games. Um, obviously, one in Nevada against Air Force, and then you got Colorado State at New Mexico. My guys, I know guys that pounded that game at 6.5, and, and now it's already at 7.5 over that key number of 7. On the Monday night football game last week, I actually tried the middle, took a shot with the middle, buying it up to the to the seven and a half. And as you both know, it was sitting on seven. And if the game would have just ended, it would have been lights out for me. Um, but of course, Tennessee won by fourteen. But what is your um, perception of if you have a number, or do you just have good policy? If you're not buying information, don't lay the seven and a half. If you like them at six and a half, great. Seven, you don't want to get hooked with a half a point. Well, nobody likes to lay a bad number, so that's you know, some people have to think about uh, where it opened and what it's gone to, and that's why so many people do like to see what the opening numbers are. But then again, who are you following with the opening number? That's that's something that you have to look at. And you're right, it did. This one opened six and a half. I go by Sports Four One One. They're the biggest in the world. They open up first. They take they open up second. They take the most money. The place that opens up first takes one tenth of what Sports One One takes. So. That, that's the number that I got to go with, and you're right. Now, if you have information on the game and you know that Colorado State is two touchdowns better in this football game, you're not going to be worried about laying the seven and a half. But if you don't have any information and you're sitting there just looking at teams and going, well, who should I bet? It's on TV. Um, well, it's six and a half went to seven and a half. Um, that's a key number. I'm going to take the seven and a half and just make a bet and watch the game. You're going to lose all your money in the long run. You might not lose this game, but but in the long run, you're going to lose. You need information to know whether there's value or not to take the 7.5 or if there's value to still lay it. How about the, the when aspect of it? Um, you know, NFL, these numbers come up. People have a read on it, maybe, and you'll see something early on. But college football, there, there were times. Uh, the reactionary nature of what goes on on the wagering board with college football um, – You remember, we can go back, what was it, Kenny, the better part of 10 years, where on Wednesday morning at 10.30, the board would light up like a Christmas tree, and about 16, 17 games would move, and that was following somebody who happened to be hot at the time, and our good friend uh, Tony Sinisi would say, oh, it's the flavor of the month. But 
with college football. Is there a window? Uh, have you have you kind of seen that time frame? Is there a window, or is there just so much more information now that a game moves here and a game moves there, or or do you think you know midweek or a Wednesday or a Thursday? When when do you try to get ahead of that number? When do you anticipate the moves, or is it mostly game day stuff now? No, I think it's every game's different because you're getting information differently. Some games you're betting early, you're laying the six and a half on Colorado State early, um, and then maybe what maybe you didn't like Colorado State and you you like New Mexico and you're sitting there looking at six and a half, saying, "Well, I'm not going to take the six and a half, even though I feel like it could come down to four, and all of a sudden, Allah, it's up to seven and a half. So it's just you got to trust your work. Like I just said, I just came up with a new adjusted number for each team in college football on what they gain per play against an average team and now I've put it to work this is the first week and I had to do it after the lines came out but next week I'm going to be when the lines come out I think this is so strong win or lose I'm going to jump in because I'm going to have an arbitrage situation if 16 out of 17 games next week move my way I'm going to have 16 different middles how long would it take you to say I'm really comfortable with this because we know sample size, you know, does kind of matter here. Uh, but but if in your heart, knowing, well, and a lot of this would be experience that you've had and you can call on to say, I, I I'm anticipating these type of scenarios. That wait a minute, I I found something that I'm willing to buy into it. You know, very much early on out of the gate, not so much with the sample size. Well, the sample size counts because we, we do have at least five or six games now, and I, I think you can tell after three because it's who you're playing. And you're right about sample size because teams that I cannot use right now are teams that have had quarterbacks that have been injured in the last couple weeks. Kansas State, I can't use their numbers. They had five games with Ertz, two games without him. I need to play another game without Ertz, and then I'll be able to use just those three games in my sample. Also, Florida State lost their quarterback early, so I had to take those two games out of the mix. Um, That's going to be the big difference maker is when a quarterback gets hurt, it changes everything. Oregon right now, without their quarterback, was a a 7.5-point drop-off. It was almost... 1.8 1.8 yards per play drop off as well. What do you do? Let me just let me go. Let me, let me ask one more question here. But uh, the, what do you do with the situation? Like Buffalo had a quarterback. Um, the the their quarter, starting quarterback got hurt. Now their backup came in and to me played twice as good as who the starting starting quarterback was. The other guy's more of a dual threat and is actually a guy that they think has uh, an opportunity with a couple more years of development coming out of the MAC that he could be an NFL quarterback. But I'm telling you, the backup quarterback that came in is more of a, a pocket passer and was throwing the football all over the place. The offense actually moved better with him. So in a weird way... Uh, when that day comes that the starter comes back in, people say, oh, their starter's back. I would actually run the other way saying they're going to be worse because the starter came back, just because of current form and how this kid has had some impact. Some, I mean, that that's just kind of that, – that's where the eyeball stuff comes in a little bit. Yeah, and but eyeballs can lie, though. But you're right in this situation. I will guarantee, I agree. I can go back to eyeball and we can go to Kaepernick and Alex Smith because you and I had this argument and you were telling me Kaepernick's running around like a reindeer. He's way better than Alex Smith. And that was years ago. There, I mean, you've been a right a lot of times. I, it's one time you were wrong I caught you on. This one, you're 100% right because the numbers didn't lie. Ty Jackson had a three-and-a-half-point drop-off to Anderson when the first injury happened. Anderson played one game. I upgraded him two points. So the second game only had a point-and-a-half drop-off. The second game, the kid plays amazing again. I brought him up to Jackson's equal. Third game, Anderson outplayed him again. I now have Anderson a point and a half better than Jackson, but they're both out this week. Neither one's going to play. They're going to their third stringer, but you are right. Drew Anderson is now the starting quarterback. Mitch Moss always used to say, I don't buy into it. Players don't lose their job because of injury. Well, in this case, Tyree Jackson should lose his job because Drew Anderson is the better quarterback. Yeah. All right, there you go, Michael. Uh, how about your Ravens? We always, you guys are, are very uh, in tune. We got Maryland in college football. You got your Ravens in the NFL. Uh, you got the Caps there in hockey. Regionally, we Let's always not talk about Towson State in college basketball. Of course. Well, we always talk about the fact that listen, you know, know what? Sometimes take what you know in your own backyard and use it to your advantage. Exactly. Well, and and especially like last week. I mean, we didn't have an actual play on the on the game with the Ravens. We did grab them in the second half, but the team is mediocre at best, as we talk about week after week. With those two special team touchdowns at the end of the game, really the offense was completely 
just wouldn't couldn't move the ball. They couldn't run the ball. The receivers weren't getting open. Flacco is just like a deer in headlights nowadays. He really has his poise has gone down week after week. And now they're traveling to Minnesota, and Minnesota's on a high horse, knowing that if they play their cards right and they really stick it out, they could win that division. And they're a five and a half point favorite at home. The Ravens on the road. I mean, especially at Minnesota, I don't think they could stop the run. And McKinnon has been playing pretty well of late. He has the fumble issues, but besides that, he's doing pretty well. And it seems like from the first couple games in the season, the Ravens' defense was really stout against the run. Now they're just letting people run free. And especially last week with Chicago, they just came in there and ran right down their throats, which is unorthodox for a Ravens' defense that is usually good against the run. When the Bears can't even pass the football, and the and the Ravens knew it, and that's a problem when that happens. What they need to do is fire the GM and hire somebody to bring talent in for John Harbaugh. Because I said the first week I did this show, we were talking about Cincinnati and how bad they were, and I said that Baltimore is not that good. I, I didn't think Baltimore was good from the get go. And I used two different sets of ratings. You can go get ESPN's player ratings. And, and match it up to all the players in the NFL, Baltimore actually comes out 29th in, in ESPN's power ratings of individual player ratings for each starting position. That's how bad Baltimore is. they lucky they got a great coach in John Harbaugh. The problem is, in this day and age, people don't see that, and they think the players on the field are as good as the ones five years ago, and Harbaugh's not doing his job, but it's a complete lie. The guy's a great coach, and he's doing something. He's making chicken salad with chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I actually couldn't agree more. Um, you know, Ozzy had a great draft for the last maybe the five years ago. For about eight consecutive years, he drafted really good players. But the last five years, he's done nothing. And just off his reputation, he's still basically in the seat. And he's not even in the hot seat, it seems. But I got a question for you, Kenny. I mean, the line on the Green Bay game is five and a half. Obviously, had Rodgers been in this week, the line would probably be, what would you say, about ten points different? Say that again, Rodgers? Rodgers dropped so yeah, Rogers being, it's, how much of a factor is he on the line? About I, 10 points? I, I sent out a tweet the other day when he got injured. Uh, seven and a half I points. And I had him. And I could round it to eight. I can see eight. But you know the difference is, Mike, when you get in those situations, I talk about home field advantage again is an average number. So I had, I had the Packers a six and a half point favorite. Um, over the Saints. Now you lose a seven and a half point player. Now I now I got the game one, but I gave three points to the Packers to get them to a six and a half point favorite for their home field. So they were only three and a half points better from the get go. And now I take the seven off. The New Orleans is a four point better team. They're playing in Green Bay. I can't give any home field now for Green Bay because the Saints are the better team playing on the road. So it en- it ends up being a ten and a half point difference for the Packers this week. And the one thing that we've always talked about too is he got thrown into the fire. All of a sudden here's a guy and no matter how he looked last week and, and frankly that offensive line is not making anybody look good in Green Bay but the bottom line is he gets a full week of reps with the ones and he's a professional quarterback. He's in there and he knows the system and that extra time to prep with the ones in time, we'll, we'll change that rating, right? Yeah, well, it'll change. Yeah, well, he's got he's to put the stats up to do it. But, you know, the NFL is such a great game because they're all professionals. I've always said that. And you look at what happened this week. Eric came on about he his kids want to buy a, get him a dog, and he won't because he's got enough dogs as it is now because 10 out of 12 dogs covered and ate one straight up. People didn't give Atlanta, um, Miami a chance against Atlanta. Nobody gave the Giants a chance against Denver, but these are professional players, and they step up, well, and they perform, and Green Bay's going to do that. In losing Rodgers, they are going to step up and play this game. Well, here's the thing. When you look at these, we at halftime of last week, I, I went against every team that was down and swept on the 10 o'clock session in Vegas. I literally went 5-0. and oh taking every team that was down and just going the other way, including the Ravens, because even though my son was texting me voraciously when it was 24-24 and, Dad, we have a shot, we're going to win this game, all I cared about was covering the second half. I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a mercenary. I, I have no opinion. And what I think the bigger message for people that are listening, especially if you look at number two against number 19 this week, a big game, Penn State against Michigan. And I live in Penn State. Basically, Baltimore is Penn State country. All the got a lot of Penn State transplants here, and that's their college team, even more so than Maryland. And 
you can't just play these games because you went to Penn State or you're an alumni. I mean, you can, but what I go back to is when you have this much information, like you said, more information than you ever had, you've got to take a step away from the fan part and strict, strictly, strict, stick with the numbers. And you're a numbers guy. So I was going to ask you on the air. I didn't get to talk to you before the show. I saw you went 2-0 last night for all your odds X-Factor subscribers. You had the Boston uh, Celtics, and you had the Houston uh, Rockets. I had the Houston Rockets. Let me ask you, on the Boston game, do you view that where the bigger bet for me was the second-half wager because they were down big? Do you view that as just, hey, you're going to get lucky and win some games by a point, or did you make the number so different? Like, what did you – people want to know, because I know you do a lot of second-half wagering as well as Brian, but you're doing the pace system, and you're looking at the momentum of these teams scoring up and down the field. When you look at a team like Houston, and at halftime it looks like they have no shot, and then I wake up and see my money line cash, is a lot, is it, there's got to be a component of luck in all that. There's a 25% probably luck built into almost every game, ball bouncing differently here. My, my pace, usually I, I usually all pace, is with the total only. The side, last night, after watching the gruesome injury to Hayward, uh, it, it, to me, when I saw the, where the score was going to, it looked like the Celtics' heart was ripped out of them. Um, I, I think that uh, they obviously they did a nice job of regrouping at halftime and playing for their for their for their teammate, I didn't know how they were going to come out in the second half. I I, I had no idea, so it was kind of so a game that, that I. So was more of a case of the other team not playing because they saw the injury and they figured they're done, their hearts ripped out, so they didn't step it up because all of a sudden the game was tied. Yeah, it could be, and that's you know you make notes of that right now. Write down Cleveland may not have the heart to step on somebody's throat, you know, and you keep right, that and you exactly. keep that note, and and then you also know that hey. They felt that they were the the they felt they were the far better team going in, and then the other team loses their second best player. Their thinking is now is oh well we're way better than them now. So Cleveland, you can mark down in your book, make your note. This is a team that will let up against weak opponents. They're not going to bury right. people. Let me ask you at the beginning of a season like this, um, and certainly you'll find you know some opportunities, and, and for the myriad of reasons you may come up with it. But generally speaking. Um, how long is it until maybe you're comfortable with what you're actually dealing with here? Guys shaking off summer rust. How efficient is their offense? Uh, could be a new coach. Uh, you know, what what is their mentality from a defensive side uh, perspective? Uh, you know, that they bring that level of intensity. But until you really get to know what you're dealing with, I personally, it, it's not that I'm not going to ignore something. If I, I believe I found something, I'll go with it. But generally speaking, I'm looking at a buyer beware kind of mentality, uh, at least for a couple of weeks, certainly in hockey. I, you want to see who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with, and then you kind of get a read on what you're actually dealing with. Well, look at the Edmonton Oilers. They, they were a team that was supposed to be really, oh, really they're, good. They were ready to throw a parade for them before the season. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's a team that you think is going to do really well, but they've come out of the gate so slow. So they, they, I've had to drop them thirty nine cents in my power rating. Okay, so that's, let me ask that's you, a lot. Let, let's segue back to football for a second. When you look at a game like Penn State at home, and they're hosting Michigan, the line opens up at twelve and a half, and the, and again we go back to that high line, low total. Now the line is nine and a half, forty four and a half. I do know some guys that grabbed it plus eleven, but again, Kenny, like you were saying about arbitrage opportunities, I a lot of my my groups that I deal with, uh, you know, up the street from you, basically, they're going to bet key numbers just because they're key numbers. They're going to take minus six and a half early in the week on every game and come back and go the other way on every game because they're looking for that 20 that 20% middle edge but the guy that's driving down the road listening to this radio show and he's trying to improve his handicapping or he's trying to make more money or he, he's he he just can't, feels like he can never get an edge you know they're not going to be arbitraging games they're not going to be middling games they want to make a bet it they want to bet it and forget it so to speak so when you look at a game like this if you don't have a position on the game like and you know dogs have been winning 60% of the time in college football right now 58 to be exact it, i still go back to a Michigan plus nine and a half is a bad number i would have rather had them at 12 and a half <laughs> you know what i mean oh there's no doubt you three more points there's a lot lot more value there in that situation these games move drastically michigan played michigan state last week uh michigan was uh 13 and a half point favorite got bet to 14 
all the way down to ten and a half, and then all of a sudden the game of the uh, day game comes and it gets bet right back up to thirteen and a half. All the professional money was playing tricks with that game. Uh, it's a, caught me off guard. Um, I thought that they would be on Michigan State. I thought that was the right side this week. Michigan Penn State. Um, I'm going to say I think they could be playing tricks with this game as well. Um, you could see that game moving back up to 12.5 by kickoff. If you if you want the dog, and any most of the time, if you like the dog, you're better off waiting as long as possible. If you like the favorite most of the time, so exactly. get, get down earlier than, 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 than later. And, and, Brian, let me ask you, you're in and out of the sports books. Do you see people when an Alabama-Tennessee game is on and the line goes from 33 to 35 and a half. Again, back to what we were talking about with the total. It's only it's 50 and a half in the line. But you know what? Alabama's not covering. The games are going under, but they're not covering the spread because they're letting the other team score cheap touchdowns. Do you see people rooting? Like I, When I'm in the books, I see people going crazy when Ohio State's on. Certain teams, you know, they have a big following and a lot of people flying in to watch the games. But on a, the number one team in the country, do you both see when you're walking through the books guys placing huge wages like this is a cinch lock on alabama you know what the exact amount they're betting i couldn't tell you but i mean in terms of when you're in the book and uh, if an alabama or ohio state's on one way or the other uh if it's the dog that's doing something or uh they start stepping on them the reaction in the book is 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 pretty significant because uh what do we always say kenny it's the game that's on tv so do you know the general public's playing that game because it's the game that's on TV. So that's where the ambiance comes from. It's not necessarily uh, in any strict... Did he say ambiance? Stri- I like well, that. you said voracious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all on TV now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, some are displayed more prominently There's, in the sports book than so, others. So Kansas City, Pittsburgh, you would say the yes. general public, every general public person had one of those two teams in their parlay, on their parlay when ticket. When that pass was thrown and went through the fingertips of the defender that should have been picked off in Kansas City then has a chance to win the game, and it goes through his fingertips into Antonio Brown's hands, and he runs for a touchdown. So, you read a box score, you go, oh, Roethlisberger threw a touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. No, no he didn't. He won the lottery. Yeah. But the reaction is amazing. So I don't want to waste too much time on this question, but Kenny, you're the one that asked the question. You don't have to give me any information on the air if you decline. But obviously there's a lot of uproar about the Jets game. Um, and then you get clients to call the office. Now, we were on the Jets, again, for the points, but my point is you get clients thinking you, the sports, I don't know if it's good for sports betting with bad calls like that because then people think there's like some conspiracy and favoritism to a team. Which both of your perception on that? I... Uh, I can't. With the New I, Patriot game, yeah, I, you know? I, I, you know, I can't. There, there's probably some bias to the Patriots because as good as they are, if officials are humans, and most humans are biased to the greater players. It's been that way in Major League Baseball forever. Umpires calling balls and strikes. The rookie that outside pitch two inches off the plate is a strike to the superstar. That pitch that's on the block is a ball. And the same thing goes in football or basketball. The great players get the calls and the and the you know average Joes don't get the calls. So that's just the way it goes. That's the way it's always going to be. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I think that's just human nature. Well, what I'm saying is, we, look, it's common knowledge. If you go to oddsxfactor.com, you uncover the point spread scandal in college. Um, was it basketball or football? Uh, both. They were actually cheating in both. Toledo was shaving points in football and basketball. And my point to my clients when they call up and go, ah, it's fake, there's no way, they all hate Brady, is that we already discussed, both of you can agree, they make too much money. The NFL players, I mean, I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. They make too much money to put that at risk. Or the, or, or, or even the referee, I know there was a scandal in the NBA with a referee, but I don't see it in the NFL. I see the same guys year over year, the Ed Hockley's of the world. I say, you know, you almost know the referees if you're an NFL fan, like you know the players. So I, I just don't believe that anybody's going to. I think, like you said, there. If it's NFL, it's got to be more human error than it has to be a possible scandal. That's my. That's my belief. I, I think that's human error, and the, and the greater the risk is is going to be. Uh, leagues that the players get paid very little money well college they don't get paid anything what we what we think they get paid something but they don't get paid any anywhere near what they're worth and that's why more 
scandals happen in college than doing professional. Sports Insider Radio. Uh, you can go to sportsinsiderradio.com. Check out all the information and the numbers, 800-209-1679. There's a college football game. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, Kenny. Colorado and Washington State. Washington State's a 10.5-point favorite in this game. Now, the total uh, it seems to be coming a little bit towards the under in this game at 53.5. But here's Washington State. Life is rosy. All things are great. And then all of a sudden, the banana peel is out there. And many of these teams have that banana peel. Uh it is then how they react to said banana peel. Bob Stoops was uh, legendary for, you know, how did Oklahoma just lose that game? Uh, but some teams react so poorly that they hit the skids, Stoops would always come back and win the following week. And I wonder how a team like Washington State reacts after being unbeaten and it looked like they had a, a path paid for success to lay an egg like they did against Cal, how they react this week. Yeah, and that path has changed a little bit now. You're right, but if they run the table, which would include a win over Washington and then a win in the Pac-12 championship game, they would be in the, the in the playoffs. So I, I think that Falk gets, uh, or Leach gets them back together. Falk turns it around this week. Um, I love the Colorado team, too, though. McIntyre's done a great job coaching there. So it, this is going to be an outstanding football game, well-coached, but don't want to be knee-jerk over one game. And you're right. That was a huge letdown. They beat USC. Should have saw it coming. They go to Cal. They got the fires, the burning, the the, the air quality was terrible. You got, um, you know, rain, ash rain coming out of the sky. And it was just a crazy week for them. And I, I think that you'll see them get back. I, you got to go with coaches at that point when you're trying to figure out how a team's going to respond. And, and one more quick question on uh, on what the number should be based on mitigating circumstances. UNLV last week. Had Arizona put away and should have won that game 99 times out of 100 times in play. And all of a sudden, they they flounder in the second half and they give this game away. And they lost to Howard at the beginning of the year. And people are talking about giving this one away as if it was as bad as the the Howard loss. And now, now they're laying four points to Utah State at home. You don't know how these kids are going to react to that. You don't. You really don't. And you know what? Tony Sanchez is a great guy. We know him. Uh, we watched him coach high school football. We watch him now in his third year at UNLV. We don't know if he's a great coach and can get his guys to get up. So far, we've seen some bad losses out of him. So he's not a guy that I could say like a leech from Washington State that I know his team's going to rebound and be ready to play this week. I was kind of surprised to see UNLV a favorite at all in the game. They're not used to being a favorite in the first place. So every game's different. Every coach is different. And that's you just got to look at it that way. Hey, Mike, I would say to you uh, uh, that what's going to start happening here and be ready for this, uh, we are getting very close to weeknight college football and we'll get it to that point where it's like seven days a week where you'll start getting the mac games and the sun belt and you'll have college football on every night we we say you know when football starts people start forgetting about baseball uh this is just going to even build even more momentum with football because you're going to have all these weeknight standalone games in smaller conferences well and that and a lot of people seem to forget about those games on nightly because they're just they're just not important teams to them they're completely out of their radar, but that's where you can pick up so much extra cash if you really pay attention and trade those games. Because a lot of times, you really don't have a lot of information until halftime because the lines could be very large to start the game. But in the second half, you really could get the digestion of what's happening and really take advantage of a, a better number at halftime. But that takes a lot of work and effort, which, again, we all do uh, in this stable, the syndicate stable that we operate with. With you, Kenny, and with you, Brian, I mean, you guys have the best of the number on every sport. Well, talking about the best of the number, and I know you've mentioned bye weeks before, Brian, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Dallas, and Seattle, all coming off a rested week, two weeks off, basically. But what I don't like about this, Kenny, is Dallas is a road favorite, and Seattle is a road favorite. You just got the Giants with the big upset. Now they make Seattle five on the road. Dallas 6 at San Fran, say what you want. To me, when you have that much rest, and then you're asking them to lay a price, I don't know, it looks a little fishy to me. Well, you got to put everything together. You started the show with the dogs, and you start to think about that, that there's value with underdogs this year in 2017. So that's just part of it. I know we're ending soon. I want to make one statement before we get off, because I don't want to miss it, but I have the 2018 Heisman Trophy winner. 
and I just forgot. I, like it. It. I just forgot his last name. I can't think of his last name. The quarterback for Arizona, Khalil Tate. I think it's okay. Khalil Tate. I don't know if you've seen so him play next, yet. Next year, next year's not this year's. He's going to win it because he has. You know what? If he if he if Rich Rod was a really good coach, he would have known this guy was this good a quarterback, and he would have started him in week one, and he would probably be in the top five right now. He has played against two fairly weak defenses, but the kids run for more than five hundred and fifty yards in his first two starts. He's completing eighty percent of his passes, and he single handedly saved Rich Rodriguez's job at Arizona. He's going to have another big weekend this weekend against Cal, and this kid's going to end up being a phenom he, he is as good as lamar jackson for louisville i've only seen him two games so far all right let me well then uh, on that point how much have you upgraded you know arizona but i'm just listening to you talk and i'll go back and look and i'll look at the numbers i'll even i'll go watch game number video. 385 but, playing but, Colorado, california go ahead but what gonna, two points this week but what is going to say is how do you factor his performance into the totals kenny because if this kid is significantly moving the football, uh, you know, what their is their power rating certainly going to move. But what would you do with them from a pace of play perspective? Because maybe where you find the crack in the number is the total. If it's a it would have been fifty six and a half, and it goes right. up to fifty eight. It's something that should have gone to sixty two because he has that kind of impact. Uh, there's no doubt. I I actually have raised his rating. Five and a half points from the from now. I raised him. Rich Rod should have known he was this good. He coached him. He's watching him in practice every day, probably destroying the second string. Um, I, I'm just amazed that he didn't give this guy a shot from the beginning, and he waited this long to finally let him get in the game. Um, but yeah, if I raised him five and a half for his rating. That's going to go into the offense's team's power rating, which is going to increase their scoring five and a half a points co- as well. There is a correlation. Is yeah, he's not? not playing defense. I right. can't take anything off. He's adding to the scoring for this team five and a half points per game more now than what they would have been. I mean, the the, the crazy thing. I mean, and this is a much broader discussion. But you know, the, the, because if the guy's good, not only is he putting points on the board. He's also changing field position. You and I do football games together. Yep. I See, my big beef, I always say this. If a team is in the top five in special teams uh, or the bottom five in special teams, that should be factored into the, the wagering number. And it's not. It has never been. But it should. Because I, well, field position, week in, week out, if you're winning the field position battle, it has an impact over the course of time. Uh, but that I would say for that kid, with your rating for him, He's going to move the chains, and he's going to help win the field position battle as well as points. He's not moving the chains. He's just breaking seventy-yard touchdown runs. He's just—I mean, he didn't—he well, didn't get five hundred. He didn't get five hundred and fifty yards in two weeks on on fifty carries. He got it on like thirty carries, and he's just breaking huge runs, and nobody can stop him. He's so fast. Eric hey, Brian and and John. Regarding, no, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, go ahead, man. Regarding numbers, I talked to a sportsbook director. He wishes to remain unnamed in Nevada. He said they can never get even, I said this last week, on Oakland. Oakland is basically obviously your future team, and it's in the, it, it, they're acting, the, the betters living in your state are acting like they're there already. So when you talk about the number, the team's 0-2. Mike over here was screaming when they missed an extra point last week, and he knew he wasn't going to cover and said, I hope they lose, and they lost. Um, and so now they're 0-2, obviously, for my Ravens win, and then last week. And now they play tomorrow night, Thursday night football, and against a team that was previously undefeated, and the line's only three. And my my hypothesis, Brian, is it's only three, not five so they can basically give a perception that Oakland has a shot in this game and, and draw money in on Oakland. If they made the line too high, then everybody's going to take Oakland. You always try to stay ahead of the number. That's the main thing here, Sports Insider Radio. Go to sportsinsiderradio.com, and the number you can call is 1-800-209-1679. Uh, it's a crazy time, fellas. I mean, we got basketball starting to rock and roll with football, baseball in the absolute home stretch. Hockey, uh, it, it just uh, builds to a crescendo, and it's going to be nothing like Saturdays. Kenny's pulling out folder after folder after folder. After oh, folder. I can visualize it right now. Uh, you, you look at the, the board on a Saturday when basketball 
tips off. It's Call, unbelievable. College basketball, yeah. I, I'm working on that now, too. So I've got folders. They're all the professional sports. And, and then, and then yeah, now on top of that, we're going to have college basketball starting soon. So it makes it for a great time as a sports better because there's so many more opportunities to make money. For your little basketball draft, I'll tell you right now, St. Bonaventure. Well, and give anything and away, is, you have to be willing. Just for you. You have to be willing to <laughs> not care what shape the ball is, like we always say, Brian, because a lot of guys are stuck on being fans of the NFL. They don't like hockey. They don't like baseball. They don't like international soccer. And they're just one-dimensional. And if you're listening to this, it's betting as a business. It's not betting because you're, you're a fan of that particular sport. And that's what I try to preach for the last 30 years. Don't care what shape the ball is. Just care that there's an edge and you can make money. All right, you got the World Series. You got the NHL. We've got the NBA. College basketball is right around the corner. Uh, but we build to a crescendo with football, college football, the NFL, sportsinsiderradio.com. Kenny, uh, any teams, uh, real quick, Just uh, you, you mentioned the kid from Arizona. Uh, teams you're projecting out. I, I would just very quickly, we've we got like about a minute. Um, the Aaron Rodgers impact, I think more than anything, impacts Minnesota. I think Minnesota has a real opportunity. For, I would say to even go to a futures perspective, that Minnesota can win this division now. I would make clearly make them the favorite now uh, with that defense, which means if they get a home game, they'd be one game away in the NFC down the road. I would take a peek down the road with Minnesota because of Rodgers' injury from a future perspective. We also have an injury there as well. Um, Bradford's been banged up, and, 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 and everybody's saying, Case Keenum's done a nice job. Case Keenum's done a nice job. Well, I upgraded his rating, then downgraded it. Upgraded it, then right. downgraded it. So it's like, is he that good or not? He's inconsistent. He's a smallish quarterback. I don't know if he's that good or not. So... I'm more surprised with, I would say, Detroit, because I think they have the most talent in the division, but they don't play like it for some reason. I don't know why, but they, they just they, they need a new head coach in Detroit. All right, guys. Listen, we're out of time. It is Sports Insider Radio. We invite you to get on board with us. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a great weekend, and we'll be back with you next week right here on SportsInsiderRadio.com. A black male born 11579. Police identifying the gunman in today's mass shooting in Maryland at an industrial park that has left three people dead, two others hospitalized in critical condition. State police are using two helicopters, assisting local and federal authorities in searching for the suspect. Attorney General Jeff Sessions on Capitol Hill being questioned and again being questioned about Russia. I have never had uh, a meeting 